And welcome to the News from the Nerds, a brand new midweek news show by the Formula Nerds that looks to bring you the latest news from beyond the grid. So over the next half hour, we're going to cover the fallout from the Qatar Grand Prix uh, and some of the main headlines uh, following the weekend. But obviously, I can't do this by myself. I have my good friends here. Uh, I'm going to introduce my co-host first. So drum roll, please. It's James. James, how are you doing? I don't know if you actually wanted me to, to do an actual drum roll. When I am a drummer, there you go. First oh, fact you? about me, yeah. Well, there we go. But uh, yeah, I am James. I live in Paris, and uh, well, you introduce yourself first because I don't know how much people will know about you. Well, yeah, I was on the podcast on Sunday. Uh, my name is Bridge, uh, short short for Cambridge, but I don't I don't let people call me Cambridge because it feels like my mum's telling me off. So we'll, we'll, we'll stick to Bridge. Uh, and obviously, our other panelists here today is Abby. Abby, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm excited to get started with the news from the nerds. Awesome, awesome. So we'll jump straight in. So obviously uh, Qatar was uh, the Grand Prix uh, last Sunday. Initial reactions, James, I'll I'll throw to you first. Initial reactions of your view of the race on Sunday. It was all right, wasn't it? It was, I I I think that's the perfect term to sum it up, yeah. It started pretty well. It ended pretty well there were there were points of drama we had tire blowouts and stuff but it was pretty clear from the get-go that lewis had it covered really and compared to what we've had we've been spoiled this year basically i think that's it the 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 bar's been set so high uh that now this was probably an average race you know a couple of years ago said so definitely last year with the, the mercedes dominance and yeah uh, it was a five out of ten, maybe four, but it still had it had points of interest. What did you think? Abby? Well, on Sunday show, I did rate it a seven out of ten, but as Ollie, who hosts the Sunday podcast, pointed out, that was for the results instead of the actual race. And then I did rate it a five because it was a bit anticlimactic to say the least. Brazil was a high, an amazing, entertaining race, and Qatar just. All right, as you said. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if you missed any of Sunday's action, uh, remember to check out our website at formulanerds.com uh, for a full race breakdown. Uh, but one of the biggest stories to come out of this was obviously off track again, uh, which is a bit of a, a it's a it's a bit of a pattern this year. Um, obviously, Red Bull threw their toys out the pram a little bit. Had a go at the stewards uh, for. Max Verstappen's double uh, penalty. He had a penalty for going through double wave yellows. Uh, but he has now come out and apologised. Um, he did it on air on Sky Sports and said, some some comments were made, I think, in our interview earlier, uh, where you asked me about the marshalling. And I'd like to make it clear that the marshals do a wonderful, wonderful job. They are volunteers and they do a great job. And my frustration in what I voiced earlier wasn't at the marshals, it was at the circumstance. James, what are your initial reactions of this? Well, it's old windbag Christian, isn't it? Strikes again. It's nice to see you, mate, actually getting called up on it for once. Um, 
I mean, yeah, we. I think we all know he, he had a point. It was, it was not great how they handled the situation. It was single yellows, double yellows, no yellows, nothing on the dash, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, but it was, it was not a great weekend to do it on the uh, 2021 FIA Volunteers and Officials Weekend. So he's he's not picked a great day to. Just like them off. Really. Poor, poor timing there from Christian. <laughs> Abby, what do you think? I think, as we all know, F1, it's a sport with adrenaline and emotions can run high. And you can say things when you're under pressure and in the moment. And as he's apologised, that's okay. I'm glad he's apologised because I'm not a big Red Bull fan. But I can understand why he would have let out his frustrations. But as you say, it wasn't the best time to do it. Yeah, no, I agree. And speaking of Red Bull, obviously, uh, if you are a fan of Formula Nerds, you would have seen our article on this. There is proof that there is a little bit of uh, working together between AlphaTauri and Red Bull. Uh, There was clear footage of Pierre Gasly opening his rear wing very, very late down the home straight to let his ex-teammate Max Verstappen pass him. Abby, what do you what do you do you do you think this is okay? Do you think this is all right? I'm not sure. As as a sister team, you you're gonna wanna help Max win points and that. But then Gasly, he started in P2. He is a great driver, and I think he could have finished higher than where he did. But if the boss tells you to do that, I guess you've got to do what the boss says. Yeah, no, and also no apology from from Marco yet from Helmut Marco. But I don't, I don't think we're, I don't think we're expecting that. Honestly, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold my breath. Now, James, obviously one of the big stories, success stories of the weekend was Fernando Alonso. Yeah, that's undeniable, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you think about that? Obviously, that's a great return, isn't it? Yeah, it's great to see him. Great to see him back on the podium after seven and how long? Uh, yeah, 2,674 days, to be precise. And to put that in context, the last time he was on the podium, Max Verstappen hadn't stepped foot in an F1 car. Lewis Hamilton <laughs> was a one-time world champion. I mean, it was, yeah. It's been a long time he's been waiting. And there have been a lot of surprise podiums this year. We've had George, we've had... I mean, Esteban won a race, and yeah, I think it, he was he was due his turn in what's been a pretty eventful season. It was didn't seem right that he hadn't managed to get climb onto the the rostrum. Yeah, no, it is definitely great to have him back. Um, but do you think that maybe this is the start of Alpine being a better team this year? Well, he said that on the back of that, he's ready to fight for titles again, certainly next year. I think. We all know the regulations have changed totally and we could get another 2009 and another Braun and someone coming from nowhere. Could it be Alpine? I mean, they've, they've, got, they've got the budget. That's why Daniel went there when they were Renault. It could be them, but they haven't really, they kind of stalled on their progress, haven't they? They were, they were coming up and then they've just reached, they've plateaued around the you know, fourth, fifth kind of area yeah they're in that battle aren't they against Alpha Tauri aren't they so they're 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 in the they're not fighting for the top four spots just yet but hopefully I mean with a driver like Fernando you're definitely in 
in contention. Um, yeah, definitely. Abby, what do you what do you think? I think for one, it was great to see Alonso back on the podium. As we've said, I think he was the third driver over forty in the last thirty five years to get on the podium, which is oh, amazing. Good start. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, with the new regulations. I don't think we can predict 2022. I think teams like Alpine can and probably will create an amazing car and we could see them further up in the championship. But only time will tell. So, okay, I'm going to force your hand. Who are you backing for next year? Both of you. Pick pick a team or two at most. I, I will stick my hand up right now and say Charles Leclerc is my pick for 2022 world champion. I think if he had the car, he'd be doing it this year. But I think with the new regulations, with the new with the new with the new changes that are going on in Formula 1, I think he could be up there as well as on the top step of the podium regularly next year and hopefully as a world champion. And I think I think it's definitely probable. Abby, what about you? Well, see, I'm a McLaren fan. So, I would love to see Lando Norris or Daniel Ricciardo higher up, winning races. And I would love to see McLaren create an amazing car and be fighting for more than third. Because whilst having a really close battle this year between Red Bull and Mercedes is really entertaining, I feel like it would be great if there were more constructors fighting and more drivers fighting for first place, for being champion. But... Yeah, I'm going to say McLaren and either drive really for them. I think I think the dream scenario is that we we end up with four or five teams fighting at the front. Now, how likely that is, I don't know, because generally it's, it's kind of one team nails it and then everyone catches up or there are a couple of teams. A lot of people seem to be backing McLaren. Everyone, if you know, on social media, I think obviously that they're, they're on such a good trajectory at the moment. And they could. They definitely could. They've got two great drivers. And I agree with Bridge. Ferrari have got two great drivers and they've got the budget as well. It could just be Merck again though, couldn't it? I'm really hoping that it's not. I think we've had enough of, of the of the Mercedes, of the flying of the silver flying arrows at the at the front. Um but if you've got Lewis Hamilton in your car, you've you've pretty much got a chance, haven't you? Um so hopefully. Hopefully, it's a bit more competitive next year. But speaking of McLaren, Abby, I've heard they've got had a little bit of problems with this triple header. Yeah, it hasn't exactly gone their way, has it? With Lando Norris, he finished in P10 in Mexico and Brazil and finished P9 in Qatar. But Daniel Ricciardo, it has not been great. He finished P12 in Mexico. He had a DNF in, Qatar, in Brazil, sorry, and he finished P12 in Qatar. And obviously Monza was amazing. That was great. But for Ricardo, something hasn't clicked yet. And former racing driver Mark Webber has said that the off-season will be key. And he just needs to figure things out and make sure that in the last two races, they are focusing ahead. And for Daniel, the winter can't come soon enough. So hopefully, Saudi Arabia and Abu Dhabi will start looking brighter for McLaren. I do have a question about Daniel Ricciardo. I've had a lot of discussions about, about the Aussie, and I think, I think he's awesome. But is he past his prime now? Is he past that, that 
world champion stat- status now? Can, can that be reached? He's not that old. He's what is he? <laughs> I mean, he in F one driver he's age, he's pretty old. Past it, geriatric, isn't he? Uh, maybe. I mean, that's the thing. You you see different drivers peak at different times. I mean, everyone loves Seb, but I don't think many people could say he's the driver that he was when he was 23, 24, 25, when he was taking championships for fun. It, it all kind of depends on what the, the regulations and what style of driving suits. And you get, I think, all, the all-time greats will make it work in any car, in any regulations. And you see that with with Lewis and Fernando and Schumacher. And I mean, okay, his comeback wasn't that great, but but yeah, the fact that Daniel has struggled for this long uh, with this new car. I mean, Abby, do you want to jump in and defend him as a as a Daniel Flango? <laughs> 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 well, his problems in the triple header haven't necessarily been his fault. In Qatar, he was told from lap one that he needed to start saving fuel. And that was why he didn't have a higher points finish. And then in Brazil, there was a crack in his power unit installation, which ultimately caused him to DNF. And then in Mexico, lap one, going into turn one, he did have the clash with Bottas. So I don't know whether we can necessarily blame him or whether it's the car and they've got some kinks to work out. But I would still back him. I, I do like Daniel Ricciardo, but not as much as Lando Norris. My girlfriend but, yeah. my girlfriend is a big fan of Daniel Ricciardo, but I don't think it's because of his driving ability. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we are going to take a quick break uh, from, and we're going to hear from our sponsor, but we will be right back after this. Support for the Cut to the Race podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawmower 4.0. You heard it right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer just for Formula Nerds listeners, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FORMULANERDS at manscaped.com. That's code FORMULANERDS at manscaped.com. So, following the fallout of the Qatar Grand Prix and all the, the situation with all the marshals and the stewards, Alex Brundle, Martin Brundle's son, has put a tweet out that has caused a lot of discussion. He said, we can afford to light 3,600 light bulbs over a thousand structures to make the circuit so many times brighter than day. But we can't pay the people literally providing flag signals to drivers. What do you guys think about that? I think for what these guys do, I mean, because at the end of that, they are risking, it's a bit dramatic, but they are risking their lives. You know, they're, they're running onto a circuit where cars are going over 200 miles an hour. For, for a lot of the time. And anything can happen. You know, this sport is a, a very deadly sport. So for them to go out on a track and risk their lives, as dramatic as it sounds, they should be they should be getting a little bit of compensation, I think. Um, and, you know, for the majority of the time, they do a great job. They do a great job. Um, James, I don't know how you feel about it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping yeah, you're, the same way. Yeah, you're definitely not being melodramatic. I mean... I think it was what maybe twenty years ago now, but I mean there was a marshal killed at a race. They are literally risking their lives, and yeah, they do it for the love of the sport. Um, I saw in the replies to that tweet there were there were some marshals 
getting involved and they were saying they don't want to be paid necessarily. They, that's not what they're aiming to get out of it, but they don't even have their costs covered. Everything comes out of their own pocket. They pay for their own travel and food. And, and yeah, in a, in a, in a, yeah, a sport as opulent, might be an over the top word, uh, as F1, you think that the people who matter that much that, yeah, they would be taken care of for all the celebrities that are there getting all the, the time, like, Beck's in the McLaren pit that, you know, saying, wow, that everyone's paying attention to. Yeah, the marshals are arguably more important than 90% of the people in the paddock. Yeah, no, I agree, 100%. But obviously, earlier this year, even, you know, at Brands Hatch, it wasn't an F1 event, but there was a marshal killed um, at Brands Hatch whilst yeah. a race was going on. You know, so the, the evidence is there that they risked their lives. Uh, and obviously, with... Um, with a Roman Grosjean's crash last year, part of his recovery was a steward running across the track to try and help in wherever I think he I think he was the first one on the scene with a fire extinguisher. So, you know, they 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 play a big part and I think they need to be compensated. Even if they don't feel like they need to. They might be being polite. <laughs> but um but yeah, I think I feel like Abby, what do you think? I don't think they get enough recognition for what they do. Like we're saying, they are risking their lives. And I feel like some people think they're just like a commodity. Like, they're always going to be there. They're going to be doing their job. They're in the background. But I don't think people realise how important their job actually is. And it's a shame because a big part of the sport is the marshals. And without them, it might not work the same way. But, yeah, I think they should get some compensation. Yeah, I agree. Let's let's blow this let's blow this podcast up so they can get a bit more appreciation. Let's let's get let's get the marshals paid. Let's start <laughs> let's start something trending on Facebook. Pick the hashtag. Uh, yeah, get a hashtag going. Uh, but moving on, obviously we have Saudi Arabia coming up, a brand new track again. I can't ma- I even imagine how many new tracks we've had this year. Um, but it has been a great year, and it's going to be a great track, I think. Abby, have you got any details for us? I do. And I must say, from pictures I've seen, it does look very nice with the coastal backdrop that it has. But it is the second longest track um, in the calendar, after Spa, of course. It is 6,175 kilometres long. And it has 27 turns. 16 are left-handers and 11 are right-handers. So I think it will be very exciting, especially with the three potential high-speed DRS sectors, which could provide lots of overtaking action. How long did you say it was? Yeah, I don't I think it's 6,000 kilometres. 6,000 kilometres? That will be wrong. Sorry, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of maths. <laughs> quite a long way. <laughs> yes, excuse that. That's an error. That's uh, six points, whatever it was. Yeah, six six points, something long. Um, But I have, I have played. Obviously, if if people listening are fans of the F one official game, uh, I have played. They've added in the new Saudi Arabia circuit, and I can tell you, I'm not much of a driver. I'll I'll put my, (laughs) I'll put my hand up right now. But it is fast and it is quick, and I think it will be an incredible race. James, what do you think we'll see? It looks like Baku 2.0, doesn't it? Basically, it looks like they've tried to to one up Baku in being the. F- I mean, that's it. They've they've really pushed the point that it's now the fastest street circuit on the calendar, and it it looks 
it looks lethal to be honest i mean i'm sure it's it's designed by herman tilker and it's it's not going to be unsafe inherently or it wouldn't get past but there's a lot of blind corners very quick blind corners and kind of wonder how that's going to go i wouldn't be surprised i mean everyone's kind of going oh it's you know the the title battle is going to go to abu dhabi because it'll be another lewis max one two however anything could happen i mean we've seen that enough times at baku yeah especially because it's a new track obviously drivers are learning it um but i do think i do think it's going to be a incredible qualifying circuit but i don't know if we'll see a lot of overtaking during the race that might just be because i wouldn't let anyone overtake me when i played the game that might that might (laughs) just be because of my driving skills but honestly it, it it looks very narrow like most street circuits look very narrow but very very quick so it should be very very interesting as this, as it goes on hopefully more exciting than Qatar we can only hope yeah so here's uh, to hoping for a far better race in a week and a half's time in Saudi Arabia it sounds like it probably will be for all your F1 information in the, that 10 days then be sure to head to our website which is formulanerds.com and for plenty of information and hot takes check out the main podcast Cut to the Race which I, I know that Cal produced a 0.5 rating, controversially, for Qatar. Uh, what did you guys think about that, by the way? I know you were both on the podcast. That's surely, that's too much, isn't it? I mean, I think I gave it a three. And I think I think that was harsh enough for that Grand Prix. I think the start was good and the end was good, but I don't think it was a 0.5. <clears throat> I was going to say, you had a nap during it, didn't you, Bridge, during the I race? I had a very nice afternoon Sunday nap for the hour between the start and the finish and I don't think I missed anything which is pretty much it sums up the race I think for me but yes so formulanerds.com cuts the race podcast you know it's all good stuff and yeah we will we'll be back next week uh, thanks for bearing with us on our, our first attempt at this and we'll have an extra guest guest sorry an extra member in uh, Grace who also takes credit for the name that we are running with this week and forevermore. And she, yeah, sadly couldn't be with us this week because her microphone didn't turn up on time. So all complaints to Hermes, but we are looking forward to bringing Grace on board. And yeah, looking forward to hanging out with you guys again. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, Yeah, can't wait for the next one, guys. So again, thank you guys for joining me today. That was a very enjoyable half an hour. Uh, And just remember, everyone that's listening, to hit that little bell icon uh, on Spotify or on whatever you're listening on to get all the latest news from the news from the Nerds podcast. That was a very, very (laughs) odd way of saying that. (laughs) But we'll keep it. it. So for now, from us, that's your lot. See you next week. See you then. See you then.